Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is Tina Winchester and I'm joined today by Wesley Vassell from the Mental Awareness Foundation. Hi, Wesley. Hello. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Before we get into our conversations, can you just tell everyone a little bit about the work that you do at the Mental Awareness Foundation? Yes, and and thank you for having me here. I'm actually quite excited. Uh, Always start with the gratitude. Um, Eight years ago, actually, was sort of my first introduction to mental health. Uh, Sadly, it was a pretty heavy introduction. I, um, I was overseas. Uh, traveling. I was actually in Las Vegas of all places and I woke up uh, New Year's Day uh, and, you know, grabbed my phone and uh, started seeing on social media that a friend of mine had gone missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this person was very close. We were surfing buddies. He renovated my house. He, he was just a solid dude. So I was actually quite in shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, just kind of thought, well, he'll turn up. He's that type of bloke. Uh, five days later, uh, he was found hanging from a tree. Um, I was in Mexico by this stage and I was physically sick. Mm. Uh, came back to Brisbane on the 9th of January and that's actually when the second floods hit hit Brisbane. So I was sandbagging the day I got off, but then his funeral was on his birthday, the 14th of January. Uh, sat next to David. And we cried. Uh, three months later, I was at David's funeral. He'd hung himself uh, as well. So my introduction to to, uh, to mental health was pretty extreme. And, and I just, I, until you actually get, uh, sadly, until you get touched by those things of suicide, I didn't know about the stats yeah. of mental health, which I'm sure we can go into. Um, but... I, I just I had to get outside. My coping strategy was getting outside and walking, and uh, I was walking the the beautiful Brisbane River Loop. And uh, I got back from a walk, and I was sitting like we are right here, just staring blankly at the floor. And I fuck, I've got to do something. I, I really I just need to make awareness or pay tribute to my friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that walk is so beautiful. Like, why aren't we bringing more awareness, one, to that walk and then, you know, uh, to my friends? So eight years ago, I put on what is now uh, called Walk for Awareness. And um, the walk is a tribute, was a tribute to my friends. We had 120 people. Uh, It was a beautiful event and people just kept going, why can't we do this again? And... Fast forward eight years later, we're now Australia's largest walk dedicated to mental health uh, in here in Brisbane. We had 2,000 walkers last year. So our, I guess what MAF does is we have an event that brings awareness towards mental health and the stigma behind depression and, and actually, if anything, suicide prevention. That's the big one. How does it feel now when you look back, when, when you talk about look, reflecting back from where it started and, you know, it, it's grown from such tragedy and mm. at a time when you were probably at your most vulnerable yourself mm. to lose one friend to suicide is tough enough, but then to, to have it um, 
follow on with the the suicide of another friend mm-hmm. um you must be extremely proud of the work that you've done and the and the people's lives that you've touched do you look back and think i can't believe i've done that absolutely yeah 100% i think we never knew that it would get to the size it is but i think the reason why it's gotten this big is because let's be honest i think most people get touched by mental health or they have someone in their family that has depression or has suicide attempt or committed suicide so that's why it's gotten so large and now i i I look back and it's mixed emotions right you know you 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 do this and you see the the joy in people's faces and you're like right let's do it again but then it takes a lot of work and it's hard and but the reward is definitely something that we're proud of like you know, and I'll be very honest, like the, the last two weeks up under the men are hectic and, you know, I'm trying to run a business at the same time and, and whatnot. But seeing people share their stories and, and bringing light to something that's so dark that, yeah, we are proud of and, and we hope to continue. So, and that's why we're here because we see the positivity behind it. Do you know, when you said that, it got me thinking because I've done the walk myself with my colleague Amy for the last few years and um, what I love about the atmosphere is people wear t-shirts with the faces and photographs of their loved ones that they've lost through suicide and and my life has been touched by suicide as most people's have or mental illness as you say Um, and I love to see the people walking with the faces of their loved ones on there because when we lose anyone in whatever circumstances we don't want them to be forgotten ever Um, and remembering them at a time like that is just and the the environment there and the atmosphere is just so positive um, and inspiring yeah absolutely and and that's and this is where the work the walk has evolved from it wasn't just paying tribute to my two friends it's now the community it's paying tribute to those that are, aren't here uh, but are also paying tribute to those that are suffering and and um, actually, it, it's interesting that you mentioned about the shirts. I remember probably year year three was when we started seeing people wearing uh, pictures of of their loved ones um, on their shirts, and and we were actually we're like, wow, that's that's actually a cool idea. So we made a facility on the website that someone could go on online and and do all of that. Uh, and not that they went through our website, but oh my God, the fourth year, the fifth year, and now coming into, our, well, our last year was our seventh, there are a lot of people paying tribute. And it's scary that that's the, the scenario, but it's also very touching because isn't it? it's nice to know that you know we do think of those people that are no longer here. Absolutely, and it puts a face on a statistic and statistics are important for us to understand the gravity of of suicide, suicide attempts and the people that are um, suffering after suicide and those that are suffering with their own suicidal thoughts. But when when there's a face to a statistic, yeah. it makes it real and, and resonates with everyone. You'd have to be made of, of stone not to be touched by well, that. Well, and that's one thing, like last year, we, we uh, I guess a, a theme that we, we put in with the walk was tell your story. Yeah, okay, great. And the thing is, is that all humans, uh, we connect with stories, right? Yeah. So last year's effort or marketing drive was our stories behind who we are, behind each committee member sort of mentioned their stories about they'd lost friends or they'd had people that suicided. But those faces are a story. Yeah. And, you know, yes, we, we, we have that story of tragedy at the end, but 
there's so much positivity with telling a story about who that person is. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do. I love that about the walk. Um, so tell us what other work you do at the Mental Awareness Foundation in terms of fundraising and raising awareness. Yeah. So well, I guess the, the big, big drive for fundraising is the walk. So the walk obviously is a, an event itself of, or a strategy, I should say, of getting people outside. Yeah. It's a tribute event, but it's all about uh, improving people's moods. But I guess what we also do outside of the event, it's actually, to be quite fair, it's not a lot, but we are very active on the social um, uh, element. So from Facebook to, uh, to, uh, to even ourselves, Tudor and I, my brother, going around and interacting with people like yourself and talking about our walk and our story and whatnot. But really uh, what MAF does outside of the walk is just bring absolute awareness towards suicide prevention. And what's your message about suicide prevention that you want to share with everybody? Well, the I guess one of our visions uh, or missions at, at MAF is inspiring individuals to, uh, sorry, empowering individuals to make a difference. So if we can inspire you to talk to your friend to say, hey, are you okay? Or inspire yourself to go up to someone and try and say, hey, come on down to the walk. That's what we're elementally trying to do. But I, I guess a bit like Are You Okay and a lot of the organisations there, all we are trying to do is just get people to stimulate that conversation. Yeah. So that's that's probably our underlying theme is just get out there and talk. And when you do that, Wesley, do you are you met with um, uncertainty from people around we shouldn't really be talking about this? Uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I, in, in my experience, I haven't really had too much hesitation from people. Um, however, you know, I think if anything, people are a bit afraid. Maybe they don't have the skills to talk to people. So maybe I don't personally see it, but I'm sure people are. But that, but this is why I think it's important to, you know, the circle that we have around, like we, we have uh, at MAF uh, over the years, we've been talking about, uh, you know, what are ideas or things to put into your life that can help improve and one of those is have a good social circle but have a social circle where you can have that trustworthiness that I could go up to you and say hey are you okay yeah but really not just you know how you doing type thing just sort of try and actually sort of maybe take that second to pause and go no no are you really doing yeah. okay yeah but then sort of just notice things within your good friends that if they're doing something unusual and you know you think it's detrimental to them perhaps just ask yeah. No, so so having conversations about the things that you see here and notice yep. and, and having clear conversations around, I'm concerned, this is a little out of character or I've noticed this. Is there anything you want to talk about? Is there anything I can help you with? I'll give you an example. Go for it. So I, I'm fortunate enough, I've got my own business. I've got 15 staff and every Tuesday we have a meeting and... Um, I start the meeting off with a gratitude. So we go around and say, what are we that. grateful for? Uh, and uh, one of our particular staff members, I could just tell something wasn't right. And um, it came around to her turn about gratitude and she started, she was just quiet, teared up, and she's just, I'm just grateful to be here. And anyway, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I didn't want to obviously dig deeper there, but we moved on. Uh, throughout that meeting, we talked about her portfolio. It was just very short. I could just, I could instantly yeah, tell something yeah. wasn't right. Um, after our meeting, she happened to walk outside, so I just followed her and pulled her aside, and I just said, "Listen, what's going on? Like, please tell me 
something like I can tell, I can clearly see that something's not right. The sad reality is, is she didn't share it with me. She wouldn't, she wouldn't open up. She just said it that I, I can't. And that's okay. That's her choice. Um, the frustrating thing is I then had to, obviously I wrote to her and said, listen, I need to sit down with you on Thursday morning and we need to talk about this because I'm actually concerned about your health and your mental health. And obviously we're in a team environment. It's actually affecting the other teams. Um, she resigned. Oh, wow. Yeah. She resigned uh, straight away. I could, I, 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 she just did it by an email and I just wrote back to her saying it's sad because I wanted to actually just talk about your health and your mental health. Yeah. And but just know this that I love you. Oh, well done. And that's how. I feel. And 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 I don't like. I know we all have these moments, but it was just harder. But I'd given the opportunity. But at the end of the day, that person needs to open up too. And and you know, it's the old saying. You know, we out of us can go up to people and talk to them but if you're listening to you and you are someone that struggled you also have to be vulnerable enough to open up and tell you how you're feeling yeah and that's hard so that is, that is it's, hard. it's yeah. tough yeah and actually it's 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 very courageous when people do um share the things that we're encouraging them to share but yeah sometimes it's just too hard but also maybe it's that conversation of yes getting people to come up to talk about okay but yes being confident enough or being open enough to say well you know what i do have a problem yeah absolutely or, this is what's happening at home or this is what's on our mind because did you know there's a stat out there and correct me if i'm wrong you're 25 years but once we verbalize something it actually releases the stress of it up to about 80 percent of oh, that issue that is that sounds true? very like, plausible you know, for sure we well we know when we work with people that have anxiety that sometimes just saying I feel anxious yes. and scaling anxiety and you know will tell me about your anxiety on a scale yes. of one to ten, just verbalizing that and saying I feel anxious and my anxiety is at an eight or whatever um, can make us feel better. And is that because sometimes we feel like we make something internally bigger than what it actually is and then once we verbalize it or get it out or talk to someone about it we start to then feel that maybe it's not as big as we internalized it to be is that is that i like to think it it releases the power of anxiety because it's very powerful yeah very powerful um if we allow it to be yes and sometimes i think just verbalizing the fact that we are feeling anxious um sometimes we don't even need to have a reason or be yeah. able to hang it on a hook and say i'm feeling anxious because but just saying i feel anxious my anxiety is at eight or whatever it is yeah. um and then it, it opens a conversation up as well to have um you know discussions around so what's going on at the moment for you and you know what kind of things have helped you in the past yes. and how can i support you to feel better at the and moment. And just, just a tip, being slightly selfish, you know, now that obviously she's like, my, my goal will be to follow up in a few days' time, a week's time. It, what's what, you know, if, if someone's hearing this and they've had a similar mm-hmm. situation, obviously that staff member's left, what would you suggest um, to do? Okay, so I would base my response on the mental health first aid mm-hmm. model. Yep. The best model around in my opinion for members of the public to learn how to have conversations about mental health so I would be sharing information around what support is available depending Mm -hmm. on what it it could be anything what support is available where to go for support and then 
it's an, an individual's choice entirely mm -hmm. as to whether they take up yeah. um, that support, but having the information available, so giving information mm -hmm. um, to the person so that they have it there if they do choose to, to take it or not. might not mean, be now, it could be some point in the future, but having, having the resources at her fingertips to seek help okay. when she chooses. Yeah, thank you for that. But it's difficult to know what you know what's going on we can't second guess it gps are the best port of call yeah um so that's my story to share yeah very it's very interesting um tell me about the broncos yes mighty broncos uh well some cool stats um actually no i'll, I'll restart the broncos uh, this year have made a conscious effort to focus on what they deem charities that aren't on uh, aren't high profile. Right. Uh, yes, they do have some high profile charities that they're supporting, but they wanted to make an effort to support some of those charities that are a lot smaller. Uh, we were fortunate enough that one of our committee uh, uh, committee members, uh, Jackie Whitlam, and thank you to her, she put in a uh, an application um, to be supported by the Broncos, where we had access uh, to one of their games to raise funds for our charity. Uh, the Broncos accepted, and I must say thank you to the Brisbane Broncos. They've been seriously awesome. Their charity arm is very, very communicative and very supportive and have given the most amazing opportunities to us. Uh, they donated $3,000 straight up. They also gave us a signed jersey by the Broncos. This is the 30th year, which was fantastic. So uh, we used that and auctioned that off, and that actually raised um, $2,000, just that piece itself. Yeah. Uh, and then we had um, the Sydney City Roosters game, which was uh, the 18th of May, and we put a call out to our community that we needed volunteers to help us raise funds at the uh, for the 50-50 draw, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, let's say they well we we raised twenty seven thousand dollars on the evening. Oh, fantastic. It's the biggest they've done this year. What, really? And we actually beat uh, Young Care, which is uh, a, a, a massive charity, uh, you know, a little bit of competition there. Uh, and we had the most volunteers they've ever had. We Did had you? 47 volunteers. They could not believe yeah. the amount of volunteers they had. Uh, so that person won $13,500 and then uh, – the rest of those funds was directed towards us, the Mental Awareness Foundation, and then also the Brisbane Charity Fund. So we actually split those. Yeah. Uh, the great thing, Carrot, was just the atmosphere. We what created was it such like a fun. To oh, go it was out there. I mean, did you? Was you nervous? No, no. I was just I, pumped. Yeah, I was pumped. Yeah. I, well, I I sort of did a bit of a speech before um before they all went out, and I just got them all pumped up. But I. I don't really get nervous now with these types of things, right. just because yeah, I just actually so feed much. off the energy of it. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, absolutely uh, repetition. But I just I, I actually I, when I do get nervous now, I actually enjoy it because I'm like, oh, well, I'm nervous for a reason, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm like feeding it. off the adrenaline. Yeah. But it was just a fantastic night, and the Broncos they're gonna. So Dari, I don't know uh, if did Dari's you see my boy. interview with well, Dari? No, I didn't, okay. Wesley. It, it was my husband that told me originally that one of your lot. Been on the Broncos game, and I didn't know what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And then when I when I saw what it was, I thought Amy had tagged me yes. in your Facebook shout out about yes, the game, yes, and we yes. we were like, yeah, we're gonna. And then I don't know what happened, and then all of a sudden, you're and you know you're there, and yes. I thought, oh. And then I missed the Darius Boyd interview. So tell us about that. It was fantastic. Talk about a gentleman. Um, 
that truly opened up. Like we're talking about, well, he's got the highest position with the Bronco, Broncos. He's the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been there. Uh, he was involved since he was 18. Uh, he's only known rugby league. So when I interviewed him, he was initially it was it was it was awesome. It was one of those interviews that it went from just being quite short to then developing and and just opening up to where uh, it was yeah it was a thirty minute interview and and actually seven thirty report hasn't done it they they could not get the information out that I did all this kind of stuff I had people message me going wow you've really got Darius to open up but Darius uh, lost his father when he was young um, was actually brought up by his grandmother. Uh, only had a, sadly had a very poor upbringing, but fortunately discovered rugby league, had talent, the Broncos brought him on board and just have mentored him all through this era. And he was so up and down, uh, sorry, so open about the ups and downs that, you know, have all this fame and it's thrusted into your face and you've got this power and you've got girls and money and all this. And and, and he just said... stages is so hollow and uh you know when he was down at newcastle when he moved because he followed wayne uh bennett the coach because he's a, a big part of his life mm-hmm. he just said he was struggling because he had a lot of fake friends his social network wasn't great yeah. uh he just felt like you know what is my purpose here and and started detaching did he yeah, yeah. from things he, you know he would basically just go to training mm-hmm. and go home and that's it just and just functioning just functioning uh, and fortunately for him, obviously picked up on his problem and seeked help. Uh, how did he did he talk about how where, at what stage he got to when he knew that reaching out was going to be good for him? Yeah, he did actually, and um, well, I recall he, it was when he was in Newcastle and he started realizing that he was detaching from everything, right. detaching from his friends, detaching from his partner, uh, and just not feeling right. He he just said, I, I don't know what's going on here. I've, I've, pretty much got everything I could ever ask for and I just don't feel right and fortunately took the steps to to see to do something about it mm. uh and yeah he um correct me if I'm wrong but he, he actually did do uh, mental health work uh and um he actually opened up about um gratitude was a big thing that he started his day so he opened up with the gratitude diary yeah and then just started sort of shedding things out of his life you know uh, alcohol and whatnot yeah all so, the things yeah, that we know yeah correct contribute yeah. if we're contribute. not feeding to our what an and amazing guy hey just yeah i loved it yeah it was it was you know i think we can focus on the performance of a player uh and yes okay we can be critics that way but you know, once you start to learn this story, you're like, oh my god, this where this kid's come from, being brought up by his grandmother, mm-hmm. to being the captain of the Broncos and being in the Queensland side, you know, that's a lot of stress. Absolutely. And we then add this by saying, oh, you're not playing well enough. Yeah. You know, come on. Yeah. But um, he's dealt with the pressure now, and and he, and the thing I loved about this is his whole meaning moving forward is he wants to give back oh it's fantastic yeah he's seeing yeah. the benefit of now helping charities like what us a great and, role and, model yeah what a great role model for, for for you know young boys and girls that are interested in the game and yeah i hope the broncos get behind him so and, and and people like us and if you see and you'll you'll come across him because he's already started to do mental health stuff yeah. and just go yeah encourage him more than anything and mate if you're listening go for it brother keep going Fantastic. Um, mates in construction. Yes. I love 
mates in construction. My husband in, works in construction, so okay. I'm you know, quite versed on the industry. Yes. Um, he's also worked in mining, so aware of the mental health issues in construction and and in mining but um, I'm interested in the work that that you did recently with mates in construction I know you, you your face lit up when I said that so <laughs> talk to me about that uh well back to Christian and David the, the two gentlemen that I lost suicide they were both in the construction industry so we came across them on our actually our first year funny enough and they were only two years old but uh, Jorgen and John, they uh, developed this organisation because of the stat of the amount of suicides within the construction industry. It's actually six times higher than any other industry, any anywhere. So they went, well, stuff it. We need to do something about it. Uh, and mates are fantastic. They train people on uh, particularly bigger sites, big construction sites. Um, they call them connectors. So people do mental health training. Uh, not so much the course, but mental health, uh, a, a smaller course where basically they learn to hear markers uh, of perhaps someone struggling at home, relationships split, financial difficulties, anything, odd behaviour, and uh, hopefully people either have the confidence to go up to them and talk to them that things aren't okay or those guys have the confidence. We are in the construction industry, as in my business, sorry, not MAF, uh, our business, so I have a, a real relation to construction workers and we support the heck out of those guys. They are saving lives. Since they've been come on board, they have had a reduction of 8% and they believe it will go to 10 Now, that's awesome. It's, it is fantastic work. It yeah. is. Um, so what do you think is holds males in particular back from saying, I'm not feeling too good i'm not sure what's going on i think i might need to have a chat with someone about this or what it, what is it that you think holds them back oh being a man i know <laughs> gotta right? be tough right <laughs> yeah. uh, i think i think you know it, it's a pretty big question because you could probably bring it back to when we're kids right you know toughen up you'll be right you know boys don't cry um, and then, you know, if we do share our feelings, we get mocked yeah. or, you know, you're a whinger. So yeah. I think there's that conditioning from where a young age. Um, it's actually making me a bit emotional, uh, this question, because I can just reflect on my own life of, uh, even some of the things that I've said to people in the past that I don't, I'm not proud of. Uh, I think it's hard for men to open up. It's truly it. Perhaps they're not comfortable in their circle enough or perhaps they're not comfortable in their feelings enough. But trust me, gents, if you're feeling something, we've all felt it before. There's many people out there that have had the same emotion. you just got to express it. So we're women on the other hand. Wow, you guys can talk about anything. Bloody hell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we so, can, it's yeah, true. You, you, yeah. you, uh, you girls are awesome. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a bigger question, uh, but I think it's just hard for men to open up or they don't feel comfortable or perhaps even in their work environment they feel a bit, uh, they don't want to be seen as weak. Yeah, yeah. So um, the the message that we want to give to guys, construction industry, mining, mm. whatever it is that you're doing that's macho and male-oriented is you have to talk to someone if you yeah. want to feel better you have to have the conversations and it doesn't matter who you open the conversation up with as long as you're opening up the conversation no. with someone. Nobody needs to feel like that for a long period of time these days anymore. There's plenty of help out there. Is that the right message? 100%. Uh, the Buddha, journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. 
Uh, it's the same with your problem. As big as you think it is, it starts with that step of at least talking to someone about it. Uh, I guess the, the next thing is, is how do you do that? And that comes from courage from yourself. And it, and it is a courageous thing. Correct. But do you know what? I can pretty much guarantee that if you're feeling that bad, opening up and having the conversation will not be as bad as you're feeling already. It, and, and as you say, it's the first step. And if, you, if the person or the people that you open up to, you get no support from, knock on another door. Yeah. Just find something. There are plenty of really good GPs out there that are really well-versed in mental health and, and, and mental illness. And, and it's not just about going to your GP and get, getting a prescription and walking away. There are so many other areas of support out there. So And it is it does take a brave man to do it. Yeah, and, and, and woman too. And I just... Uh, and if that person, that first person you go you, you go to, isn't the most desirable person, at least you've done it. Yeah, you've just started it. That's and, it. You know, and you probably find, as you mentioned, it's not as hard as you think it is. Yeah. And uh, like anything, it gets a bit easier once yeah. you start talking about it. And Jen's, please talk, please talk, because just and I want to talk about this uh, quickly. It's the ripple effect. Yeah. The ripple effect of once you're gone is just huge. Absolutely. And uh, I. Just think about your loved ones, like how their energy will be moving forward. And I know that when someone, it's, it's you know, they're very centered on themselves, but please think of your family, your friends, your work colleagues. The ripple effect is huge. And it it's is. worth, that's where prevention comes in, right? It's worth, Absolutely. you are worth saving. And crises resolve and crises pass. Um, and with the with support around you, you don't have to, to try and navigate crises alone. There are plenty of people out there that can, that support you to navigate crises. And, and yeah, the ripple effect can uh, can go through generations. I'll, um, I'll segue into a thing I think you'll like. So our event now has been um, ticked as safe and a fun environment. So the Queensland government's getting behind us and helping us with some funding behind the event. So a bit of a plug, guys, if, you, if, 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 you, if you're not you know, you're not feeling yourself, but you want to get outside, or if you're listening to this and you have a friend that you know is struggling and you think that this could be a great event to do, Walk for Awareness is a fun, safe place to be. There are so many people there that have similar stories that want to connect. We encourage you to talk to a stranger. We want you to go talk to someone that you don't know. Even just saying hello, give them a hug. It's free. It's all about just getting outside and knowing that you are, pardon me, safe and will not be judged for no, saying, well, absolutely. you know what, I'm not feeling right. Uh, and, yeah, so fortunately the Commissioner, Ivan, he's he's backed us this year and he's uh, thrown some funds towards behind us to help us organise and, and promote the event because government is now seeing that getting people outside in a safe environment, that's the one big word, safe, uh, is being really positive. Fantastic. Do you know, Wesley, the first time that Amy and I did the walk for awareness, we take our, our, our children with us, and mine are older. <laughs> um, they're not quite children anymore. But um, Amy's daughter um, was three when she did the walk for awareness oh, wow. first. She did yeah. the whole eight Ks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She well walked she, a few piggybacks <laughs> along the way until we got a little bit tired, but she, she walked the whole eight Ks. And she did last year as well. And she looks forward to being sponsored to do it. And she tells people it's to help have a healthy mind. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, we, and, we wow, what, and what a great way to start. And, and actually, the, the event, and this is the one thing it's child, pet, 
wheelchair friendly. Yeah. So it, it, we are wanting to cater to everyone. And the great thing is it's a fun morning for families. I think oh, it's, it's great. So, oh, it's you know. such a great event. We're, we're just pumped for it, Amy and I, every time. Um, and honestly, we just tell everybody about it. Um, tell me, Wesley, so how can people get involved in the Walk for Awareness? Uh, well, firstly, participation is a strategy towards improving your mood. So physically, get down there. Uh, but the best way to get involved um, is our social page. Facebook's a big thing for us. Uh, so you can find us at the Mental Awareness Foundation on Facebook. Uh, through that, listen, like anything, just simply pressing like or share just helps because obviously it then extends to your network. And not we aren't prolific on it, but we do put positive messages up or messages of hope or things that we think need to be brought attention to. So that's a great way by just using your finger on your mouse. Uh, but a great way is obviously uh, you can... Uh, sign up as an individual or create a team uh, and then just spread it out to your network. Send that link through. Uh, and if you want, it's up to you. We don't push these things, but you can start raising funds. And those funds goes towards us to obviously push our message. Uh, but also we then donate those monies to people like Mates in Construction or charities that we deem are on the front line doing some great work. Uh, so Firstly, encourage people to come on down. Sunday, the 7th of October, 2018, we'll be there. 7 a.m. it kicks off. Uh, and just just know that coming down, I can tell you, it is a beautiful morning. And the thing is, it's not an all-day event. It's about, it takes three hours max. It's not a huge, and that's what we like about the event. It's short and sharp, but it's bloody positive. And the break, when you eat your breakfast afterwards, it's the best breakfast you've ever had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. because <laughs> you're you've so bloody hungry. Yeah. yeah, you've deserved it. <laughs> Um, so listen, at the end of the day, people can get involved by first the Facebook, uh, two register, three, encourage your mates. You can make a team, you can come as an individual, you get a t-shirt, you get a hat, you, you do, look the yeah. part, uh, and then just, just encourage your mates to come on down. Like let's, let's, let's make this one of those events where it's, Hey, this is dedicated to mental health. This is dedicated to us improving our mood, doing something good for us, uh, and others. So yeah, that's how they can get involved. Awesome. Um, and then finally, what's your message, message, Wesley, that if you could if you could spread a message across Australia, what would your message be? Positivity always wins. Fantastic. Um, and then the other message is, is just how we can improve. But ourselves. Don't think that how I can improve with work or whatnot. It's about how I can improve within myself because at the end of the day, and this is my biggest message actually, look after yourself because then you can look after others. Because if you're feeling good about yourself, if you're feeling right, at least then you can then take those steps. But sometimes we do. We look after other people more than we look after ourselves. But if you're not working at your prime, well, imagine if you are working at your prime, uh, yeah, how, how many how people could, you could, could you help. Who'd you be? So, yeah. yeah, and positivity always wins. It's it's one thing. Like I'm, I'm an optimist. I, I'm, I'm bullish on life. I love life. Um, and I just I like. I, I think we need to push a positive message more. And, and, and we are. In our circles, I think we are. For sure. Uh, but let's get that out there more. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wesley. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. Just before we go, yeah. I want to hear what message you would say. Okay. Um, the message I would say is this. 
And it's going to be controversial, but hey ho. No, but that's this is what it's conversation, right? I get kind of sick of constantly hearing about you know physical health Mm -hmm. and 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 physical well being and and promoting that. And I'm tired after 25 years of not enough conversations around the way that people are feeling Mm. and their own mental health experiences and the lack of knowledge around mental illness. So, I guess. My message is it's everybody's responsibility Mm -hmm. to raise their own awareness around what mental health means, Mm -hmm. what mental illness is, how it impacts people's lives and how stigma is just discrimination in a different Mm -hmm. form. It is just discrimination. We don't discriminate against people for having other chronic physical health conditions. We should not be discriminating against people for having mental illnesses. The other message I'd want to give is... Uh, the, the misconception that once you experience mental illness, that's it, you've got it for the rest of your life. People get well. And so my message is promoting that um, understanding of recovery. People get well. And anyone that thinks they are not going to have an experience of, of a mental health problem or a mental illness in their lifetime is 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 you know it's completely unrealistic because we are all touched by it yeah um and 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 i want people to talk about it more and i'm and i'm sick of the stigma it comes back to sharing your story share your story because if you've recovered it and you you give people hope yeah and then i love it yeah thank you very much thanks for sharing thank you so much my pleasure If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.